All right, we're rolling. So my wife and I have this conversation all the time. Welcome back to OC and Zachariah about appreciation, right? You guys have conversations about appreciation. Well, it's more like arguments about okay. appreciation. Okay. <laughs> all right. That I was trying to sense. make it sound better. <laughs> that makes more sense. Thank you. Thank you for peeling back that curtain. Okay. I'm a semantics guy. Yeah. <laughs> We have intellectual discussion. That's, what, that's how you made it sound. Well, hello, lovely. I pictured you sitting in front of a fire with like a glass of red wine and just talking about appreciation. This sherry is absolutely wonderful. Philosophizing. Do you feel as though you are appreciated in the home, my Who is dear? That, by the way, I don't know. It's a sophisticated gentleman. I feel gentleman. like it's actually a guy, though. It's a sophisticated <laughs> gentleman who has discussions with his wife. I have arguments with that my wife about sense. appreciation. That right? makes like, more sense. Like she doesn't appreciate all the work I do to. Provide. I don't uh-huh. appreciate the homemaking uh-huh. efforts that she puts in. We just we don't appreciate whatever. Okay, so I want to talk about the most underappreciated things. It, we'll we'll start with your life. Okay, we'll get to sports, but the most underappreciated things going in life and in sports. I'm gonna rapid fire you. I'm gonna throw some questions. Oh at no, you. I, you can't do that. We haven't prepared for this. I don't care. Yeah, we don't do scripted radio. Yeah, All right. stupid. All right. Stupid. Uh, the most underappreciated band and or musical act. That you can pull off the top of your head. Oh, man. People aren't going to even know who this is. Nickelback. Well, great. That's going to be good radio. Like, Nickelback is in the news once again. People hating on Nickelback. By the way, 11th best-selling band of all time. That's amazing. they laugh all the way to the bank when they get criticized, right? 50 million albums sold. They're just like, oh, you don't like us? Who gives a... You know, they don't care. Yeah. But uh, well, maybe they do. Well, kind of like Kevin Durant. Maybe they, you, maybe they don't take hey, the criticism well. If you don't take that criticism well, fine. <laughs> Go buy yourself a compound in Iceland. I'm with you. You can do rich, it. Rich people that complain, I can't stand it. It's just like, <laughs> oh, you don't, you don't like the noise coming your way? Go to literally any other place. Pay for some contraption that gives you soundproof <laughs> everywhere you yeah. go. Put on that soundproof helmet and yeah. get on. Uh, I'm with you. So the most underappreciating band or musical act. Who do you got? The most underappreciated for me. I'm not going to pull out the obscurity. I'm not going to be like, people don't even know who this is. There's no way that anyone's even going to hear what I'm talking about here. The most underappreciated musical act is, in my opinion. Drum roll, please. Never knowing how to do a drum roll. ACDC. ACDC. Yeah. I think they're pretty well appreciated. They're very well appreciated, but no one ever talks about ACDC as like greatest rock bands of all time. Their songs very rarely even appear on greatest rock songs but of all is time. Is it rock? Most. Isn't it heavy metal? It's rock. Oh, okay. I'm not really familiar heavy metal. Heavy metal is like scary and weird. Okay? No, not, but it's pretty hardcore rock, right? It's hard I mean, rock, not sometimes, rock. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hard rock, rock. But look, okay. it, you could, and, and I say this, they're an appreciated band, right? Mm-hmm. But. They are not a band that people give the respect they deserve. They're more of a commercial success type band. Uh-huh. They're great. ACDC is great. Like their song catalog is ridiculous, and yet nobody brings them up as the greatest rock band of all time. I don't think I can name one song of them. Yes. Yeah, but that's because I don't listen to rock. Okay. Well, I mean, I listen to Green Day and Aerosmith a little bit, but other than that, I'm mainly rapping R&B. Uh, hey, by the way, Green Day, a little bit underappreciated. Are they? Sometimes. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm going to, even though I just said most of my catalog is rap and R&B, I'm going to give you one that's not. And I'm going to say Louis Armstrong. I love me some Louis Armstrong. And I don't know that he is considered an all-time great. I think 
he is considered ubiquitously in all time, like universally in all time great. When top people in jazz are brought up, is he brought up with them? I don't I, think so. I hear more Miles Davis. I mean, I, I I don't hear Louie come up that much, and I personally love him. So that would be my answer for that. I'm just going to do a quick Google to see what happens here. I typed in top jazz musicians of all time. And where's Louie? Should be one. He's five. Okay. So he's he's up there. All right. He's appreciated enough. All right. Miles Davis, John Coltrane, Duke Ellington, Thelonious Monk, Louis Daniel Armstrong. I did not know that was his middle name. See, but my point <laughs> is I've, I've only heard of one guy above him. He should be higher. Okay, that's fine. All right. Maybe maybe bands. Music, maybe not our strong suit. No, not really. Music. Okay. Right. Um, most underappreciated invention. Oh, I've got that. Like technology that, that either everyone uses every day and doesn't really understand what they've got, or more importantly, something that people should be using every day and maybe they don't. I've got this on lock. I was born for this question. Okay. It's uh, I got I got three words for you. Uh-huh. Electric fly swatter. <laughs> no. That's yes. stupid. No, it's the greatest <laughs> no, thing please, ever. Okay. Please identify something that's useful in my life. For the people out there that don't know what I'm talking about, it looks like a tennis racket, except where there would normally be strings, there are electric bars that run vertically. Okay? And what you do is oh horizontally. Sorry. I got that one wrong. Flag on me again. Second flag. I, I had a bunch of flies in the house, okay? Flies just roll around, and they're disgusting. I hate them. They're one of the things, insects or whatever, that I hate yeah. the most in the world. I can't stand them. It makes your place look dirty. I mean, I, I just, they lie, land on your food. They land on your person. I hate them, <laughs> right? But it's a weird hill to die on because you're not, you're not like the neatest person. I don't. You and I are both like, we, we No, keep... I have lightweight OCD, OC. No, you do not. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Trust me. It, look, you wouldn't For know. For what? For everything. No. You want to know how I can tell you're not borderline OCD? What's that? Because I've been to your house, but more importantly, we've had a discussion about how much you hate showering. That's true. Like it's an inconvenience. That's true. But when I shower, no. I shower OCD-like. When I clean, <laughs> I clean OCD-like. You should see my laundry skills. Everything's meticulous and perfect. Trust me. I've got lightweight OCD. Okay. So get back to your fly swatter. Okay. It's a weird thing for you to care about. It's the greatest thing in the world. It's, it, again, it looks like a tennis racket. What you do is you just roll around. You can't catch a, It's hard to catch a fly with a fly swatter. It's harder to catch a fly in your hands. But with this thing, boom, 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 boom. And it makes this popping sound when it hits the electric, and then I'm telling you, my fly population is no longer. I have zero flies in my house. Have you seen a fly since you got here? No. Okay. I love that thing. It works on mosquitoes. It works on moths. Anything flying around that you don't want, bust out that electric fly swatter, and you're good to go. Do you think this house is like a reputation in the insect community now? It's like, hey, you don't want to go there. Yes. That's I, a dangerous I think spot. I scared them off, or I just killed off the population. <laughs> like, Either way, I know that I don't have anything <laughs> flying around my house anymore, and it's all thanks to that beautiful invention. Like like your house is the insect skid row. Yep. It's like, whoa, 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 no, whoa, no, no, no. Don't go there. Don't, don't go, go there. there. Don't, no, you don't want to go there. You don't want to. Yeah, I think so. But man, that sink is full of dirty dishes. I want some of those. Hey, no, no, no. Hey. No, no, no. The only can't. dirty dishes was for the wonderful breakfast that you cooked <laughs> yeah, in my I sink know. right now. I wasn't trying to throw an insult. I was thinking of something that might be appealing <laughs> to insects. My house is clean. There's just a lot of clutter. My mom's an antique collector, so I collected a lot of stuff over the years. Love this place. You yes. don't have to. You don't have to sell it to All me. Right, Love. Man, you just made it sound like I'm living in a pigsty. <laughs> no, that's not. <laughs> a... 
I say one dirty dishes and you get worried about it. Okay. Electric fly swatter. All right. What is, is your, is your I'm not best. harping on my fly swatter. Trust me. Anybody that's listening right now, that's got a fly problem and goes and buy this thing. It's only like 1995. Anyone that feels, it feels very expensive. Oh, battery operated or you can recharge it. Battery. But oh, you can't put terrible. a, you can't put a price on this thing. I would have paid a hundred dollars for it. What do you have to do with the dead carcasses of insects? You vacuum those up. Yeah. Okay. You wait till you've cleared yeah. the room and then you just vacuum. <laughs> Them up. It's good not, to bad. Go. not a bad system. <laughs> Thank you. What, what <laughs> okay. do you got? Uh, you tell you what the most underappreciated modern technological invention is. What is it? It's something simple, but you might not worry about it because you know you got to have a garage door problem, right? The automatic garage door opener is a majestic luxury <laughs> that people just do not fully appreciate. <laughs> Want to know how I know this? How? Because when your garage door opener breaks and you pull up, park your car. In the driveway, or put it in park while it's still running, get out of the car, walk up to the garage, reach down. Modern day garages don't have a handle on the outside. Wow. Zachariah. Yeah, because they're, they're all automatic, electric, right? Yeah. So you gotta like stick your hands in the into side. that. It's a, that weird, <laughs> kind of gritty, dusty, yeah. just outside yeah. feeling, yeah. you know? And you gotta like get a good enough purchase. You gotta kind of lean in, probably strain your back a little bit and lift that thing up. It's the worst thing going. It's the worst thing in the world. That's not bad, and something that people definitely probably take totally take, take it for granted. You don't know what you got till it's gone. As soon as that thing breaks and goes down, you're just like, oh man, <laughs> I gotta get out again. I like that one. And times a million in bad weather. Okay, I live in Utah. It is winter time. Oh God, snow, rain, freezing rain, all of it. Doing all that in the winter. Oof. You know? Yeah. You got I hope you got it fixed pretty I mean, can't you get it fixed pretty rapidly or huh. is, you would think no. that it'd be easily done. No. Those people are busy, man. And it's it's expensive because it's like one of those things. It's like a plumber, right? Yep. You if you have a plumbing problem they can name any price in the world. Yeah. It's not like you're going to go out throughout your day without uh, your yeah. toilet getting flushed. H- Hello, Ron. My toilet is b- backflowing into my house right now. Okay, <laughs> that's going to be $6,000 an hour. I'll pay it. Just stop this from happening to me. Yeah. Your garage door gets to that level, too. Yeah. It's bad, my yeah. friend. In consideration, navigation. I was having a hilarious conversation with an older gentleman that was just talking to me about yeah. maps. And I remember my dad. My dad had a whole glove compartment full of like maps. A, he had like a sleeve of maps. Think yeah. about how much this generation now, or the ones the ones before us or after us or whatever it is, think about how difficult it would be, right? Like if you told me right now I had to get to Salt Lake City, Utah, yeah. and all I could use was a map, I'd probably have a couple of going off the grids. Well, here's the problem with that, though. Overall, the electric fly swatter mm-hmm. probably improves your life and allows you to be more prepared to live as a human being because you know, I get malaria from those mosquitoes. <laughs> Okay, the electric garage door opener, the automatic garage door opener, it doesn't really add or subtract the not having the garage door opening skill. Mm -hmm. But the idea that we now as human beings cannot navigate from point A to point B (laughs) because we rely on Skynet to tell us where to go (laughs) is a real problem. I agree. It's a real problem. I agree. I I think as a society, we're going back. We're going forwards in terms of technology. We're going backwards in terms of being able to actually function. How many times have I come and, and stayed at your house? Like four, five now? Way more than that. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I would say a dozen. No. Yeah. I've come and crashed at the crib for probably 10 or 12 times. Okay. All right. It's been six years since I lived here. That's true. And every time I come back to the Bay, I come to your house, That's right? That's true. Free hotel. I think. With mints on the pillow, by yeah, the way, Yeah, with this mints time. on the pillow. The service. <laughs> Did you eat them, by the way? Yelp review five star. 
Are you kidding me? No, I think that maybe twice out of that 10 or 12 times, I've been able to successfully navigate myself Man. to the crib. Yeah, and you lived in the bay right. for a while. Like, yeah. I, I just was, you know, I'm going to turn off the maps and see if I can make it <laughs> on my own. But I have it there on backup, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not as easy as it should be. No, it's not. It's not. It's a bad deal that we don't know how to get ourselves places. Yeah. Remember back in the day when you'd stop by the gas station to ask for directions? Yes. When's the last time somebody stopped by a gas station and asked for directions? I, in, in the United <laughs> States of America, it was <laughs> zero. It was 2004. Yeah. Okay. All right. Last one, because we're running out of time. All right. Most underappreciated film. Most underappreciated movie, mm. or as I like to call it, most underappreciated show, which is interchangeable between television and movies. You disagree. I think you can use that term for both, but most underappreciated movie. Like, if it's on TV, you're going to watch it. You can't peel your eyes away. Problem with my answer is that I think it's probably properly appreciated, but maybe not. Mine is Shawshank Redemption. Okay. People have this argument about the Shawshank Redemption thing all the time, right? How many times can you watch that over and over? Because if it's on TV, you can't turn away from it. you no, got to watch it. No, you have to. How many movies really fall into that category? Well, I was going to ask you. I mean, movie that's hardest to turn away from between that and Gladiator. Oh, I would say Gladiator is one of those ones where if it's on, I'm watching it. Okay. All the way. And See, Shawshank is too. But like I've, ne I pro I, I've never turned off Shawshank Redemption. I agree with you. I never flipped past it like, oh, I don't want to watch it today. Got to watch all the way until Morgan Freeman walks down that beach to go see Andy. Zay Watanay. <laughs> yeah, that movie's great. Now, Gladiator's the same thing for me, but Shawshank Redemption, I think Gladiator's more appreciated or held in a higher regard than Shawshank Redemption. That would be my guess. But I think in terms of, I mean, I know what you're saying rewatchability-wise. For me, both of them, if either of them are on, if I had to choose... No, you got to choose one. So if they're, they're both on at the same time on TV. Like, yeah. I, I go to TNT... You can't watch both, and, I, and your DVR's broken. One's on TV. Your garage door is broken, your electric fly swatter <laughs> is broken, and your DVR's not working. I think I would go Gladiator. I wow. think... Yeah. You bloodthirsty savage. Well, that's supposed to be you, UFC fighter. I'm no. shocked that you're going the other way. Oh, okay. Plus, See, there's some disturbing scenes. Well, I guess the raping and killing of the gladiator's wife and kids is pretty bad. That's or pretty kids disturbing. Is pretty bad. But the, in Shawshank Redemption, climbing through the sewage, I, I kind of have to watch through my fingers. Oh, a little poop bothers you? They, they shoot the guy that was going to testify for Andy and get him free. Uh -huh. uh, the warden is just a They put him in the hole. Yeah. That was a horrible scene. Yeah. There's a lot of disturbing scenes in that. The gladiator's just fighting out there. He's out there killing everybody. They give him all the amenities in the world. He literally beheads a man yes. on the screen. Yes. That's not disturbing to no. you? No. What about the overarching theme of the emperor and his creepy, incestuous oh. crush on yes. his own sister? That's just That doesn't bother you? That's just gross. And in terms of the cutting the head off, if it's the guy that you're rooting for that does that to the other person, it's not bad. In Shawshank, it's always the guy that you're rooting against doing it to the people you're rooting for. The maggots in his open wound? That doesn't was, bother you? There was maggots? You don't remember that? No. He's, yeah. Okay. I remember the open wound, but I don't remember there being maggots in there. Maximus yeah. is semi-conscious, right? Great name, by the way. And he's riding in the wagon, and Jaiman Huntsu, that character, right, uh -huh. is like, leave the... Because there's maggots eating the the wound on his shoulder. Yeah. And he goes to pick them off, and the African guy's like, no, leave them. 
they'll eat the putrid flesh or whatever, which is, by the way, they actually do that. They use maggots to eat spoiled flesh and, and eliminate infection. But, Good knowledge. Yeah. By the way, a bunch of people probably turn the dial right now because of how disturbing this conversation Well, yeah, I'm just making the case <laughs> that you. you're like, oh, Shawshank. <laughs> I tell you, but Shawshank's got some bad seeds it in does. it. It does. Gladiator <laughs> is built on the spilling of gallons and gallons of blood. Yes, I know, but it's, it's who you're rooting for. <laughs> That's such a dangerous slippery slope. <laughs> you, you are one of those people like, I tell you what, killing's fine as long as you're killing the enemy. I'm not one of those people. <laughs> In the movies, yes. So you're you're dying on that gladiator hill. I am. All right. Well, the dialogue. In Shawshank Redemption is just amazing, priceless. Yeah, it is. I mean, they're both fantastic films. I mean, you know, we're from time to time. We're splitting hairs here. Yeah. If Morgan Freeman narrated the scenes of Gladiator, like the background, the transitional scenes from Gladiator, yeah, as is the case in Shawshank Redemption, that might that is a push it over the top. That is a nice little cherry on the cupcake. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd love for him to narrate that my actually, life. That actually maybe started the phenomenon of people realizing how great it is for Morgan Freeman to narrate things. Mm-hmm. I think Shawshank Redemption is the first place we saw that. Probably right. That Andy Dufresne, man. What a rascal. <laughs> love that guy. We're out of time, bro. All right. I'm done with you. Okay, that's fine. I wanted to ask you about your UFC stuff. What do you want to ask me? First of all, the first mm. time, I think I was still interning at the time when we were at 95.7. Yeah. I was telling you about how I couldn't believe that you were a UFC fighter and how much I would never do that. And you asked me, so if I told you that I would give you $15,000 and I punch you square in the face, you wouldn't do that? And I said, I wouldn't do that for $500,000. Okay, so I won a million dollars for my last fight. Yes. If it was me versus you Mm -hmm. for that fight, Mm -hmm. winner takes home a million dollars, which was the case on New Year's Eve. Yes. You'd say no? No. What if you had trained for three years for that exact moment? I just don't like pain. I don't want to get punched in the face. I've watched some of your fights, no joke, you through my fingers because look, I can't watch it. The, with one eye, like one eye half open. Okay. But all the time in life, you operate on a risk reward basis, right? Yeah. The risk is considerable, but we're talking about a million dollars and you'd just be like, nah. Money's not that important to me. <laughs> what? I'm telling you. Now, if you told me you were going to like punch me in the arm, yes. Kick me in the leg. Punch you in the arm yes. for a million dollars? Yeah, or punch That's me reasonable. in the stomach or the chest. Yes, but punching me square in the face, <laughs> getting my nose broken, I'm good off that. And I can't believe what you did. By the way, how, could you bet on your fights? Yeah. If I took you when you had lost, because you lost one fight, yeah. but then still advanced. Right. When you had lost the fight, what were the odds that you would have ended up winning the whole thing? How I- many fights did you win after that? I had to win three three in a row, two on one night, yeah. What were the odds if I had taken you to win the whole thing? Probably 15 to one. That's it? Yeah. I mean, on, on fight night, they went from seven to one to four to one, depending on where you were betting and what time of the day you were betting. So I was, I was the biggest underdog on the finals card. So you could have at least got four to one. Anyways, um, congratulations, man. I, I can't imagine what a feeling that would be, first of all, to do all the crazy savage fighting that you did, especially because you're such a normally nice, like, temperament guy. I, it's, it's, so, it's so weird to see you be such a savage in the ring, but I can't imagine what that feeling was like when you won and then you just said, I'm retiring, give me my loot, Dude. I'm out, time for me to go back to Salt Lake. I tell you what, I'm not, like, 100,000 people in the United States of America who are way better athletes than me, who are better at their given athletic endeavor than I would ever be at fighting or anything else. But 
if I get to be proud of anything, it's the fact that I recognized my moment to go out at what for me was the top. Yeah. And just be like, okay. Yeah. Because one of the hardest things as someone who's been in sports media and been a sports fan for his entire life, one of the hardest things is knowing when to walk away. And as a fan, observing someone who doesn't understand, now's the time you need to walk away. I hate watching it. It's cringy. Some of the all-time greats have done it. My yeah. favorite football player ever, Jerry Rice, didn't know when to walk away. Yeah. Remember that stint with the Broncos? Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. That stuff hurts me. Yeah. And so would I have had an opportunity to continue fighting and lose four in a row? And finally, you know, I'm 40 years old. People are like, hey, man, give you that patronizing pat on the shoulder. Like, yeah. now's a good time. Yeah. You didn't have that. I didn't want that. I didn't need that. It's the only thing I get to be proud of, but you- I like it. You had the Michael Jordan in Utah walk-off, except he <laughs> yes. ended up coming back. Don't come back. <laughs> you know, when you think of people's careers, like great accomplished professional athletes, it'll be the Michael Jordan career, <laughs> and then me. I wasn't calling you Michael Jordan. I was comparing but the like, moments. But you know what I'm talking about? It's very rare. Michael yeah. Jordan did it, walked away on a championship. Except he came back. And he came back. Um, Jerome else? Bettis did it. Ray Lewis did it. Yeah. Like, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to do. In, in fight sports, no one does it. It's true. Combat sports people don't just like, yeah, I'm retired. I'm yeah. a champion. They get beat to a pulp. Yeah, George St. Pierre, who just retired from the UFC, you can make the argument he did it Floyd right. Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather, yeah, I mean, he, he's never lost, so yeah. he, he could walk away at any time. Yeah, but I'm saying he could have kept fighting and took an L and then, and then you know, retired yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and look, I mean, he just fought again on New Year's Eve, same night I fought, against some random Japanese guy. That doesn't count. <laughs> if he had lost, would that have gone on his record? Yes. Really? Yeah. His boxing record? Well, it was a boxing match. I uh, know, but it was in Japan. So? But, I mean, was it under... <laughs> so he's had fights in... I know, but was it under the like the boxing league? It would be. I'm comparing it to like if it was a Japanese baseball game and some pitcher had never lost. Yeah, and you lost can't compare the Japanese. those things. It's okay. different. All it's right. different, right? Anyway, we could get into the weeds on that, but we're going to wrap it up here. All right. This is OC, Sean O'Connell. That is Zachariah Slenderbrook. Very nice. Coming at you live from Berkeley. California. Howdy. <laughs>